Blog Talk Radio. Listen to their struggles as they turn them into triumphs. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory, and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories. So sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. And hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio. I have our passports ready. I had our airplane tickets ready. I had our admission tickets ready to enter their city, to hear their stories, to hear their stories of struggle turn into triumph. And we're here now, and we cannot, we couldn't be more honored now to even have the guest that we have today uh, coming on the show. But before we start talking about our guest and, of course, our normal topics. I have to go ahead and introduce him as pretty much, what's this that you have on the contract? The, the savior of Russell City Radio, the entertaining, the ever so uh, humble, the the man that makes sure that everything's on point, Law Ray Raimundo. Ah, uh, what a warm welcome. Uh, I'm telling you, one day it's not going to be Russell City Radio. It will be the Law's Radio. You Hear it wish. now, fans. Get it in your head. Get that engraved in your head because it's going to happen. The money keeps coming in. I still well, didn't have to pay you because the bet was correct. You didn't win that, so I'm still keeping the money, and I got a new check this morning. So just keep them coming, and I'll keep coming back. <laughs> uh, anywho, Mr. Ramundo, thank you very much for stepping in again. Uh, as a host uh, here today, we appreciate your time, but also let's explain to this right now. I don't think the law will really be on your side today because technically you piss them off and you might be the one in, in a body bag. And I'm talking about we are going to have none other than a special guest. He's worldwide known. He's probably the, one of the best unsigned talents in pro wrestling today. I am talking about Kevin Killer Cross will be here on the show, and he's known as the most vicious striker in pro wrestling. So don't be trying to ruffle up any feathers today, uh, Ray. A <laughs> uh, name like Killer is supposed to make me scared. Is that it? Does he want well, the law to be terrified? Well, we'll see when he gets on here. We'll see. We'll definitely see who's <laughs> who's scared and who's not. But definitely, guys, uh, we are going to have the killer Kevin, Kevin Cross here a little later today uh, as he's definitely going to be on the show. Uh, we're going to talk to him about his YouTube series on YouTube. We're going to talk to him about possibly, you know, probably uh, venturing over to GFW because he is or was a GFW athlete when Jeff Jarrett was only owning it as a smaller promotion. 
but also we're going to find out his status with Lucha Underground, and is he ever going to go back to the WWE, because I know he tagged up with Darren Young, and what's his future plans? We're going to be uh, basically talking to Killer Cross about all this stuff when he comes on a little later today. Well, I'll but be not- talking to Killer Cross. They're going to be hiding in a corner trying to make sure you please him, because you're terrified. Well, the lowest even- seen bigger, seen smaller... They're all the same. You pop them once and they go away. Uh, well, we'll see about that. But, guys, of course, we're right off the shoot of the, the end of, of course, last night's WWE Battleground. Uh, and, and, and one thing, one thing, if I'm noticing, right, that people are, you know, talking about the most from last night is the return of the great Kali. And, um, oh, God. Okay. Uh, yeah, so basically a lot of people are talking about this return. Now, mind you guys, I have to say where, where credit is due. They did a great job by putting over Jinder Mahal uh, with the whole Great Kali story. They, uh, who better to kind of give you that surprise swerve? Even though I will say I expected to hear the, the heel version of Great Kali's music instead of Jinder Mahal's, but... The, fa- the fact is, is that they surprised the entire audience. And on top of that, Jinder Mahal is now more over as a heel, beating Randy Orton last night uh, with the help of Kali, of course, uh, in the Punjabi prison match. So basically, to me, I think it was a job well done to put someone over. Yeah, I'm glad that we're finally seeing a different side now. The, the triumphant team of genders is growing having Greg Holly be this veteran that people already know about. It's like, okay, now it's a terrifying team. It has Jinder Mahal as the, Ma- the Maharaja, the Bollywood boys, or the Singh brothers, whatever you want to call them now. There being that cruiserweight-style tag team they have in the team, Jinder being this leader with Kali now joining as the big man, even though Jinder Mahal isn't small into any stature. It's like, okay, now it's a team that is going to make sure that WWE Championship always stays around the modern-day Maharaja. Yeah. So, to and me, I'm glad that, Jen, that the Great Khali is back. So, a lot of people was like, really, the Great Khali? They couldn't choose anything else. Some people are mad. Some people are speculating even now. Maybe it's John Cena versus Jinder and Randy versus Great Khali at SummerSlam. Well, I even heard a rumor that those single matches were canceled and that they're going to combine it into a tag team match between Cena and I heard and that. Or- I didn't even want to mention. I don't want to mention it because I don't want that to happen. I'll yeah, be in they- attendance at SummerSlam, and the law does not want to see a tag match. <laughs> well, <laughs> where's Teddy Long when you need him? But it will be <laughs> Cena and Orton versus Kali and Mahal. And, uh, but here's the thing, uh, Mr. Ramundo. I understand that you don't want to see a tag match. But you have to build up the story. You can't just throw Cena in there and be like, hey, Mahal, I'm the next guy to face you for the title. No, you have to build it up somehow. So George, I feel like... It's John yes. Cena. He does whatever he wants. <laughs> but again, like I feel like you can't just throw it out there like that either. You George, bi- it's John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> if this is Hogan, Hogan would be like, okay... Big boot, leg drop, wouldn't even make a match. Just one, two, three. Hogan's the new champion. No, Zena's going to at least challenge him. Make a match. Probably Great Collie attacks him. Randy steps in. 
Randy takes out Kali. Zena takes out Jinder. Zena does this favor for Randy. It leads to Zena versus Randy maybe at the next pay-per-view for the Ever 100th thought- time, but still. <laughs> Ever thought about what Kali would look like if he ever took an RKO? <laughs> well, we've seen what Mark Henry looks like, and Randy Orton jumps after that. So imagine if he does it to Kali. <laughs> I think uh, he's uh, well deserved of a huge celebration if he ever RKO's uh, Kali. I'm, I'm just saying he's gonna have to uh, jump off the top rope to make it look realistic. Because I don't see Kali lunging down to help Randy. You never know. Yeah, uh, a nice kick to the gonads, uh, you know, knocks down any man, okay? So I, I'm just saying. Okay, that would work. But then again, this will have to be like a no DQ because I don't see a ref like, oh, wait, okay, oh, looking over there. Kick, RKO, what happened? He's holding his, oh, one, two, three. <laughs> well, mind you, uh, speaking about a uh, kick to the gonads, that's a, one thing that people are upset about. A match that was so physical, which, by the way, is going to be so fun to talk about with Killer Cross later because he's a physical guy. But a match that was so physical and so stiff and so impactful in basically Baron Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura to end in a low blow, a lot of people were not too happy. But again, this is where I kind of like let, let it in easy for you fans. And let you know, guys, if they are doing this like a low blow or count out or whatever be the case, is because it's a long-term feud and it's only going to get better. Do you think you're, you're, they're going to give you a five-star classic, you know, at the beginning of the feud? Look, give perfect example. John Cena and Kevin Owens. Yes, their first match was great match, but then their rematch was better. Correct, right? Okay, and we lost Ray Ramundo. So uh, give us a second, folks, as technical difficulties ha- are happening here. But basically, yes, uh, what I was saying is that Kevin Owens and John Cena, too, was a lot better than one. Same thing as AJ Styles and John Cena. AJ Styles and John Cena, great first match, fantastic first match, great psychology, great uh, know-how. But at the end of the day, it was even better the second and third time they fought each other. So what I'm saying is, guys, ride the wave of Baron Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura as basically this is not their last match. Their feud will continue, obviously. So what I'm going to say is, yes, this was their first match. It was physical. It was stiff. It was impactful. It, It was great. But just give it a chance for the second or third match. Don't just get upset with the WWE. Don't get upset with them. Don't get upset with anything when it has to do with wrestling because everything has a purpose. And everything has a purpose as in, hey, what's going to be the next? What what are they going to give us next as far as the feud is concerned? Ask that. Instead of, you know, complaining and, and all that nonsense, ask what's next. So, um, so guys, as we are still trying to connect uh, Mr. Ray Ramundo here, as technical difficulties seem to be happening for him right now, uh, I apologize for this. But basically, uh, on to the next. Now, one match, of course, 
that everyone's also talking about and successfully is, mind you, the opening match, which was the New Day versus the Usos. Uh, day one Usos. Uh, mind you, personally, I feel like that was the match of the night. Uh, Usos and, 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 of course, the New Day sh- shocked the world by giving us a five-star tag team classic at the beginning of the, the, uh, the match, uh, pay-per-view. As a matter of fact, uh, we saw a pairing of a pairing that we usually don't see much when it comes to the New Day, and I'm talking about in Kofi and Xavier Woods. But basically, with, with that being said, you know, they did win the tag team titles. I'm talking about the New Day. Uh, but little do anyone know, knows, and if you, watch, if you follow WWE.com or WWE on YouTube or even WWE on Facebook, they shared a video a little earlier today or yet late last night showing that this was Xavier's first ever title win. This is the first ever, first time he's ever pinned somebody for a championship. And, and you could actually see the emotion in all three of their members, you know, come across in that video. And as a matter of fact, it, it was very touching because they, they were not talking as their usual, a hey, new day rocks kind of deal. They were talking as people. They didn't even let the guys do the interview. They were talking about how three years They've been together, they've been traveling together, and they still don't hate each other. They were shooting, per se. And I, want, I have to say where credit is due, uh, you know, it was a great time to see those two. Uh, oh, no, I apologize. Those three uh, sit down and actually win the championship and, and so on and so forth. As uh, Basically, now New Day is the first ever tag team to ever hold the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships uh, ever. So they made history uh, on that. So let me try to help Ray Ramundo here. Let's see what's going on. Okay. So basically, aside from that, folks, uh, I have to say um, uh, Battleground a lot of people were giving uh, the pay-per-view a, a D at most, uh, a grade of a D. Uh, I have to see if I have to grade Battleground in any way. I would have to give it like about a C. Uh, it wasn't one of SmackDown's best pay-per-views because of the most random endings I've ever seen on a pay-per-view, like the low blow, the the uh, Kali, the... Uh, not not complaining about it. I'm just saying random finishes. Uh, and also shocking to see Natalia Neidhart win the five-way when a lot of people were rooting for Charlotte Flair to win that thing. But Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch. But uh, I, I have to say it's a C. Uh, just because you got to establish a lot of new stories, a lot of things that are taking place, like what happened in the main event with, of course, Randy Orton, and, of course, uh, the great Kali, where is this going now for the modern-day Maharaja, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, then, of course, you have the continuing story of Shinsuke Nakamura and, of course, um, Baron Corbin. And then you also – we have yet to know. Personally, I hope 
we get to see a continuance of Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, but time will tell on that one as well because we don't know. Uh, uh, basically, uh, all I got to say is time will tell. Time will tell about AJ and, and Kevin Owens, uh, you know, as far as that is concerned. Uh, now, of course, now we are definitely seeing Natalia go up against um, Naomi at SummerSlam, which should be a very fun match. I, I hope I, this is me, and I'm hoping to, uh, that this may come true, but I'm hoping that Natalia does win the championship at SummerSlam. Reason being because she is so well-deserved of that title. Now, a lot of rumors were speculating that Natalia's contract is coming up to an end soon or shortly. Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't work with the WWE, and personally, I don't believe in, in 90% of the, what the dirt sheets say. So I, I'm just going to say rumor. And apparently, Natalia uh, is basically uh, her contract is running up. I have no idea if she's resigned. I don't know if she will resign. But basically, if she does leave the WWE, I feel like she deserves one run as the women's champion. Now, of course, you, de- you can't forget, of course, of the women's money in the bank holder, Carmella, either. Uh, as maybe uh, another scenario to give you guys, that Naomi will retain the championship. And, of course, Carmella will cash in at SummerSlam, which is practically just as big a pay-per-view as WrestleMania. So it, 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 it could be that they make history at SummerSlam for the women in that portion, uh, whereas now the women in, on Raw, we've heard multiple rumors about what kind of match they're going to deliver. They've, we've heard from multiple women match to a one-on-one match. Uh, right now, the believed story for being one-on-one will be Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. Uh, Personally, I feel like those two have chemistry. Uh, a lot of people were bashing the situation of of um, Bailey and Alexa Bliss, uh, but personally, I, I feel like I, I feel like Sasha and Alexa have a lot more more chemistry to work with, uh, just because. The fact of the matter is is that Sasha did actually work Alexa a lot more during Alexa's time in NXT. Uh, you could say that Sasha was helped Alexa develop uh, her wrestling skills uh, inside the ring. As a matter of fact, when Sasha was women's champion uh, in NXT, uh, she did at one time defend the title uh, or a couple of times against Alexa Bliss when she was not this uh, little... Alexa Bliss uh, character, the Harley Quinn, which a lot of people call her nowadays. Uh, she was the glittery princess, uh, per se. Uh, so she basically got to work with Sasha Banks a lot more in NXT than, of course, Bayley. But, uh, and it's showing because of the, the chemistry that they're having with one another. So if this is true, and if this one-on-one match were to be true, I I, I want to see Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks not on a Raw, not on a SmackDown, but on the big stage. And finally, we got Ray Ramundo's mic fixed. Ray, are you there? God, what is it? Are you guys paying me your whole budget that you can't afford a mic? Uh. Let me t- 
let, let me tell you something. If you keep on disconnecting, you're not even worth the paycheck. <laughs> so, oh, it's my fault if you guys can't afford good mics. I went to Sirius XM, and they at least had some decent mics. Uh, anywho. Well, so you're guys... talking about the women's match. Yep. That's and, and that's... the last thing I heard from you. Well, mind you, we were just talking about that, but now we're going to have to wait because now we have to get a hold of our guest. And you came right on oh, time. I came in on perfect time. Perfect timing. Yep. So let's go ahead and reach out to, of course, our guest of the evening. And there goes my phone. I don't know what happened there, too. Oh, you see gosh. you see what you, you've done here, Ray Ramundo? You've messed up everything. Anyway, so let's go ahead and reach out to our special guest of the evening. I'm talking about Kevin Killer Cross. We're calling him now. Hello, Mr. Cross. Yes. Hello, Mr. Cross. You're on the on Wrestle City Radio with George and of course Ray Ramundo. How are you, sir? Very good, very good. Been looking forward to this call. Uh, and we've been looking forward to talking to you, even though that you intimidate the living hell out of me. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's part of the job. <laughs> well, oh, man, with a, with a nickname like Killer on your in your name, it's kind of like, damn, does that turn off the, the your opponent or the, or does that make it even better? Kind of like uh, say, hey, I, may I be the one to defeat the Killer? I, I don't know. It's kind of like a... Uh, uh, cliche per se. You could say that. Um, you know, I I've been asked if that's been done to provoke fear, but to be entirely honest with you, I don't need the fear of my opponent to physically emasculate them, violate them in front of their friends and family and on national television. So, you know, it just is what it is. That that is true. And now, and Mr. Cross, before we even continue, I just wanted. Dearly say, thank you very much for your time. I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, big uh, Ever since, uh, actually, I started watching independent wrestling, uh, I actually got to you eventually when you started in independent wrestling. Uh, as a matter of fact, some people down here in South Florida recommended me to watch you. I started watching, and basically I got hooked by your physical style with the way you're so physical and shoot style inside the ring. And I say thank you very much for your time here today. Oh, well, thank you very much for the look. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. Our pleasure, sir. So basically, uh, now that you mentioned, of course, uh, of course, when it comes to national television, you're, you're no stranger to any of that stuff. Like, you worked the WWE. At, at one time, also, you were actually under the GFW with Jeff Jarrett uh, before this whole TNA. And, of course, uh, you know, you, you've mentioned a couple times on other interviews that you've been signed by the, the Lucha Underground. So can you give us a little update on basically uh, Lucha Underground and GFW when it comes to your resume, sir? Sure. I mean, I definitely have to say that uh, right off the bat, I've had a lot of uh, television experience working, just local state TV stuff on a very small scale. But it, it prepared me to be on that national level of viewership um, and to understand how a machine works in that capacity and parameters. Um, not only uh, have I been working with Lucha Underground uh, since season two, um, I did, yes, I was part of the uh, the first launch of Global Force tapings. And it was years ago, 
it's crazy that it's just starting to surface now. But yeah, three years ago, we uh, we started shooting uh, Global Force at New Orleans and Las Vegas. But what I'm most proud of right now is I've actually been working with AAA. Um, Lucha Libre Worldwide, which is a weekly episodic pro wrestling television program in Mexico. There are literally millions of people watching me every single week, um, not just in Mexico, but all over the world. I didn't realize uh, how far that program was reaching. I had no idea. I mean, I was aware of AAA, but I had no idea people all over the world are watching it, literally on the other side of the planet. So that's really helped me tremendously. um, And my exposure has gone through the roof um, in international markets and globally. It's been outstanding. I've had a blast working with all three companies, I gotta say. And that's amazing to be honest with you, because you've even gotten, you know, uh credit or should I say the blessing from many veterans in this business, uh, from the Matt Hardys to the John Johnny Mundos, uh for you WWE fans, if you don't know who Johnny Mundo is, John Morrison. Uh you've you've had a lot of, you know, credits given to you. As a matter of fact, uh one of the last um one of the ones that I did see, actually, that you posted up, I believe, on your YouTube channel, which you could go ahead and promote after I sp- say this, uh, was the in-ring credentials that John Morrison was giving you uh, when you signed to Lucha Underground. And, and to me, that was one hell of a moment for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's you don't get a nod from anybody who's made unless uh, it's coming from them genuinely. And John has seen everybody has been in the ring with everyone and still continues to be a pioneer for modern day professional wrestling and is doing, in my opinion, what I think every pro wrestler who's, uh, who's worth a damn should be doing, which is to transition into mainstream entertainment because not only is it good for him, uh, his living uh, and his brand, it also helps bring new viewership back to pro wrestling. And a lot of guys, and I mean a lot, like unfortunately 99% of pro wrestlers are not able to do that. You're looking at the rock, Batista, Stone Cold, Hogan, um, but now Johnny's doing films and, and yeah, he did, uh, he did give me, uh, his blessing to move forward and, um, and kind of have those credentials. He did it live and it was very unexpected and yeah, I definitely appreciate it. And thank you for bringing that up. No, it's our, my pleasure, sir. Because again, I, I, I saw it when, when I saw it, it was actually great to see the, the blessing there live. Like it, it, it made you from the, not, not to uh, break your kayfabe. I think that's the, the word that I should use for this. But it made you go from the killer to the softie uh, in, in like a span of 10 minutes during that blessing. And <laughs> rightfully so. Because, and if you don't mind me saying so, rightfully so, Mr. Cross, because, again, you were very humble and, and, and et cetera. So it, I can't blame you. But uh, with that being said, now with John Morrison, as a matter of fact, he, he was just announced uh, not as Johnny Mundo, but as John Morrison now to make his debut in GFW. Again, you're no stranger to the GFW product. Um, any news or any update per se, now that uh, Jeff Jarrett has taken over the TNA or Impact Wrestling per se, any kind of uh, news that maybe you'll be making a return to the GFW? This is what I will say. And this is the first time someone's asked me about this in a long time. So I'm going to give you uh, something fresh here. (laughs) I feel, and I'm just saying my personal opinion, I feel that I was put into compromised positions. And I'll leave it at that. But compromised positions when I first got on board with Global Force Wrestling. Um, I would consider Jeff and Karen uh, personal friends of mine. And uh, I've never tried to lean on them or lean on anyone for anything if I have a personal relationship with them. I don't operate like that. But 
uh, three years has, uh, has changed me quite a bit. Um, the changes and the advancements and the traveling and uh, the credentials that I've been able to acquire in the last three years, nobody in the history of pro wrestling has done. And I hate to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but it is true. And I won't go down the, the list, but I've done some things in a very short amount of time that no one has ever done. And uh, with John and Taya both heading over to Global Force, Jeff knows that I have a very strong working relationship with the two of them. And Jeff also knows what I'm capable of and understands that I'm not a yes man. So without even having the conversation with Jeff and Karen, I think the both of them are, are very well aware that if they did, if they do bring me on board, if I do get that phone call, that I'm pretty much going to do what I want, when I want. And that intimidates a lot of promoters and intimidates a lot of business owners. And um, that's how I operate. If, if I was a yes man, I'd just go back to nine to five bouncing, doing executive bodyguard protection and other things that I probably wouldn't mention over the radio because uh, the FBI would be flying black helicopters all over my house. But um, they know what's going to happen if I'm brought there. So all I can say is if somebody pisses Jeff Jarrett off or offends Karen, I'll probably get that phone call because I'm usually the guy they call when they want someone erased off the face of the earth. Huh. Wow. That, and again, like you just said, this was fresh because it's been a while since someone asked you this question, so we appreciate that fresh answer. Uh, but now, mind you, you mentioned change here, too. You said that within the three years, a lot has changed for you. In the wrestling business, a lot of things have changed itself. You know, it went from, uh, especially in the independence, it went from, like, that sports entertainment, per se, to now kind of like, hey, this is pure wrestling, and on top of that, I'm believing in it now. You know, with people like Matt Riddle in the business now, uh, Shaza Brazier from the Four Horsewomen, uh, even Ronda Rousey being interested in coming into the WWE, uh, into the WWE Brock Lesnar. Uh, list goes on and on and on, and you're just one of those people on that same list, uh, Mr. Cross, because you make wrestling believable to all the fans, and that's fantastic. And we thank you for that as fans. So I want to ask you something. Like, what do you feel of the of this curtain current saga of pro wrestling and how it's becoming more from the sports entertainment to that shoot style, stiff wrestling like Japan. I think in truth, there's only a couple people that are able to execute that the way that it deserves to be executed for the paying fan. All of the people you just mentioned would be, you know, the group of people that do it the best. Um, I think a lot of pro wrestlers in these types of interviews and on their social media rants, are really overcritical over the state of professional wrestling uh, when they have something derogatory to say. And it's generally because they're not making a living because nobody wants to see them. So that's the <laughs> truth. That's the hard truth. I'm shooting with you. You'll never hear yeah. of someone who has a healthy, strong career in any aspect of the world and life in general complaining about their industry because they understand it and they've built a fan base and they put a lot of hard work into things. So I'll never be one of those guys who has something negative to say about my industry. I think that uh, there are probably less highly legitimate shooters in the business because the business does not want that right now. They don't want it. There's a couple people they absolutely cannot deny, Brock being one of them. But Brock is Brock, and there's only one Brock, and he's done things that no one will ever do ever again. 
And it's awesome mm-hmm. to be around in that era and to be a part of pro wrestling while he's here. He's been an inspiration uh, to me in a variety of different ways since day one, even from his NCAA stuff. I used to watch his, um, I used to watch his uh, college stuff and then, you know, go to training and try to, you know, pull off some stuff. Major inspiration. Um, but far between that can do uh, per se that shoot style and when I was in business, I knew that if I was going, I was going to have to provide an alternative to what people are watching all the time. And I had a background, as you can tell, my footwork, the way I breathe, the way I strike, the way I throw, everything I'm doing, it separates me from everyone else, especially the rest of the um, And I deliberately do that because fans are going to see stuff, the same exact stuff, match to match. I want to stand out. I want to be different. And um, hopefully I'm accomplishing that. And, and mind you, you mentioned Brock Lesnar is your inspiration, but I know he's also your dream opponent. You want to make sure that while that man is still standing in one of your rings, that basically that you face the man before he leaves. Now, mind you, there's a rumor speculating, Mr. Cross, that this could be Brock Lesnar's final year in the wrestling ring and that he might be heading back to the octagon for the UFC. Uh I know, again, that your, one of your goals is to face him inside the squared circle. But if, say per, if, if hypothetically, if he does go back to the UFC, if he does go back to the Octagon, even if it's in Bellator, Strikeforce, whatever, uh, I know you have a background in martial arts and mixed martial arts as well. Would you accept the challenge of, say, hey, I'll step in the Octagon to finally meet my goal? Under the right circumstances, I would. But I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm not somebody who wants to play the role. Um, I don't have a molecule in my body that wants anything to do with fighting professionally, and I'll explain that. The fight itself, whether it's one round of five, two, three, four, five rounds, whatever it is, that's the easy part. That's the part that everyone's trying to get to. It's the three months minimum leading up to it that is absolutely miserable. And that was really very much why I consciously made a departure away from prize fighting it's because I spent some time uh, in pro camps uh, trying to, you know, live life on that level. And to be honest with you, I hated it. I hated the preparation that went into preparing for a professional fight. Uh, if you're doing it correctly and there's really no other way you should be doing it, getting up at five or six uh, and doing road work and then coming home, showering, eating, and then going to practice, you know, and then coming home, eating, showering, rest, maybe nap, wake up, eat again, shower, go back to practice again, second, third, lift weights. I mean, that, that entire thing, that entire thing is not a way that I would want to live. Um, and I always wanted to be in professional wrestling, to be honest with you. Um, I think prize fighting was a comfort zone for me. And before I understood what actually brought me fulfillment in life and what my actual passions were, I think that, um, you know, that was something I always aspired to do on a world level. Um, but when I got down to it and, it and it came down to committing myself into that routine, I hated it. I mean, I really did. And uh, as much as I would love fighting on television or pay-per-view or, or all that stuff, um, living that life just for my five minutes or my three rounds or five rounds, it just didn't appeal to me. And the way they, they changed the sponsorships and endorsements as well with the UFC monopolizing all of that, Reebok being the only one. If I wasn't mm-hmm. fighting in Japan, I would only want to fight for UFC. And um, I think the pay structure sucks. And um, 
I've, I've said this before many times, I'd be doing my practices and I'd come home and instead of watching fight footage, I was watching Kenta Kabashi. I was watching uh, Kakihara from UWFI, Dr. Death, Gary Albright. Um, I was just being very stubborn about pursuing pro wrestling because I always knew if I stepped foot into an academy, it was going to take over my life. And, uh, you know, I, I had a phobia of, of, of committing to that. And once I did, I realized I, I should have never been afraid of it. And, uh, you know, I... As to answer your question directly, would I fight Brock? If the circumstances are right, sure. And I don't blame him if this is his last year because pro wrestling really has nothing for him, for who he is right now. Um, but I have a very strong feeling, and mark my words when I say this, once I get my run and everyone in the United States knows who I am, which I think will be probably by the beginning of next year, um, I think that Brock would probably come out of retirement to wrestle me. I think it's something he'll, he's going to want to do. Once he knows I'm out there and he sees what I can do, he's going to want to. And I'm saying that respectfully. And I could say right now it'll probably be a bloodier fight than uh, Roman Reigns and, and Lesnar from that WrestleMania that they had uh, where they both busted each other up, uh, like bloody-wise. I think they busted each other the hard way. But mind you, uh, you mentioned Kenta Kobashi and Gary Albright and all them legendary guys, as a matter of fact, that – you, you brought back memories for me just mentioning those names, Mr. Cross. By, and one of the top feuds or one of the top stiff feuds in Japan that I was always a huge fan of was uh, Kawada and Misawa. So yeah. those, those feuds, they, they, if, if anyone ever said, hey, wrestling is this four-letter word, I hate using that word, if – if anyone ever came up to me and said, oh, really? That, you think wrestling is that? Watch this on YouTube. Tell me if this is uh, that to you. And, and uh, to be honest with you, like I said, just, you know, Kawada and Misawa were one of the best feuds in Japan that made people believe. Uh, and people like you now are carrying that torch by saying, hey, I'm making pro wrestling uh, believable again. So in, in what I say, like you, you mentioned that you've always wanted to be a wrestler, but I, I'll get to that in a second. But you also said training is different from MMA, of course, to pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Cross, let, let me ask you, like, how is it different? How is the training different from MMA to pro wrestling? Because a lot of fans are now questioning also with all these UFC fighters crossing the border to wrestling and wrestling over to MMA. What, what's the difference in the two? Well, I can tell you right now that the ratio of um, professional fighters trying to become pro wrestlers um, and being successful at it is going to be very low because I can tell you um, professional wrestling training is a lot more abusive and a lot more vicious than mixed martial arts training because, I mean, you're just, there are hits that you are going to have to take and some days they're not going to be very pretty. And you're going to carry those hits with you um, in professional wrestling. Nothing beats you up worse than that canvas. And uh, it's just funny how so many people have convinced themselves that that canvas is uh, is user friendly, so to speak. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> it's 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 not it's no surprise. I'm not going to undermine anyone's intelligence. Of course, there's a way to break your fall when you're in the ring. There's a way to break your fall in Olympic judo too. But if you watch Olympic judo, the way they train, and then when they're going in there and competing on the mats. Uh, everyone knows the throws and everyone knows the reversals and you're not going to land perfect every single time. The same throw that somebody gives to you in practice for nine years, when they do it in the Olympics, 
you might not have the option to land perfectly so you can get up and continue the next round or try to get your next point. You may land a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. You may get spiked. Uh, you may pull your groin as you're being thrown. I mean, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And um, I don't think that most prize fighters getting into pro wrestling, I don't think that that ever occurs to them. And I think that um, your training as a prize fighter is a lot more controlled and um, easier to project where you're going to be and what's going to happen than in pro wrestling. And I, without ever mentioning any names, I've seen a lot of guys that have even been on TV that are, have struggled and are probably struggling with the education in, um, in application of pro wrestling. And it's because it's hard. It's one of the hardest performance arts in the world to learn, you know, because of the hits. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on it. And, and thank you very much for that, Mr. Cross. And, and, and mind you, uh, your, your style is very, very physical. It's extremely physical. Again, it's, it makes people believe and, and so on and so forth. And, and it takes a very special training, if you don't mind me saying so, to make sure that you don't come out of your matches injured. Like, sure, you get hurt. Sure, sometimes you have a scare. And, and sure, you get an injury uh, once or twice. But I want to ask you, Mr. Cross, what do you do to make sure that because you're entering these matches extremely physical, what do you do to make sure that you don't leave all the matches with a scar or injury or what have you? Uh, I bring my balls with me every time. <laughs> it's, it's 99% mental. 99% mental. I, uh, I'll try to watch my language. I grew up in New York, so that, that New England foul mouth, I know that's, that's not exactly uh, – how do I how do I say this? I I don't. I'll try to say this as politely as I can. I don't care what happens. I I really don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to work you. I don't care what happens. As soon as I hit that curtain, I'm invincible. Um, whatever's going to happen that day is probably going to catch up with me the following day, and I'll deal with it accordingly. But um, I I use cryotherapy. Um, I do a lot of that type of stuff. Um, I take uh, ice baths. I'm doing every type of training you could think of from mobility training, uh, catch wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, kickboxing, bodybuilding even, powerlifting. I do different things every single month, and I honestly don't have a routine. I have no routine at all because between travel and between the hits that you're taking in the ring and maybe what you want to develop in yourself, the only routine that I have is my diet, which is very, very clean. Uh, I eat a lot of vegetables. Uh, obviously, I have a lot of protein. Uh, I really don't gorge on anything that shouldn't be in my body, maybe with the exception of ice cream. Don't even get me started. I don't even want to say the word. I'll ruin my whole day even saying that again. But uh, getting in there and preparing for that, it's going to be mental. You can do everything you want physical. And believe me, I do. But you got to be in the right state of mind. And that's, that's where I come from. That that's all. Isn't isn't the saying goes that the biggest war that you could have with yourself is mentally or something like that? That's that's right. I agree. Yeah, yeah. The, the I, I could have sworn I there was like a some sort. Maybe I butchered the quote or something, but I know it has something to do with that. That the biggest war you could have with yourself is mental. But uh, it, it's it's good to see that so because that's also inspiring in a way, Mr. Cross, that you could like mentally challenge yourself and win every day when it comes to that. Uh, like, are, have you, it's like, what, how do you feel 
as a person or and as a performer and a wrestler that you could inspire others that way. That's awesome. Um, have been uh, people have reached out to me since the very beginning of my career, privately or publicly, um, or in person, and uh, have really talked to me about their own personal struggles. And uh, I'm doing things and saying things and posting things on social media that I obviously have good and positive intentions, but I have generally no idea how that's going to affect them. And that was a whole other aspect of pro wrestling that never even occurred to me. The ability to be able to inspire and motivate people and, you know, someone that you've never even met, you don't even know they exist, is out there reading your stuff and seeing what you're doing before they go to work. And maybe they weren't going to go to work that day. You know what I mean? Maybe they were going to call it in and they're dealing with something that you or I may be dealing with. Maybe it's a grievance or a bad breakup or they're really sick or they uh, are trying to recover from an injury. They see you and they see what you're doing. And uh, for that to bring them positive energy in their life, to be able to get through normal daily things that we all are struggling with, that's the biggest uh, luxury um, and the biggest compliment I think that I can ever get from people. That's awesome. Like nothing beats that. That's incredible to me. Well, mind you, I, I have to say, like there, there were times that, uh, like watching your videos and and of course on your YouTube channel. Again, guys, make sure you follow him on YouTube. Uh, I believe it's under Kevin Cross, right on YouTube. You could find me under Kevin Cross, or I believe the name of the channel is Killer Cross. And there's a, it's like sixty to seventy videos that are all actually in a playlist, and it's. It's virtually a narrative from the beginning of my career. Um, I was a plan that I had from the very beginning. I was always having problems with promotions and companies getting me footage or even editing the footage properly. And the commentating on a lot of stuff was horrendous on the independent levels because no one's teaching these guys anything. You know, they're just trying their best. They're doing what they can for the best presentation. But I knew if I could get a hold of that footage, I didn't have to rely on a company to promote me. I was going to be able to promote myself and in return promote the company better than the company was even promoting itself. Um, and, uh, yeah, I put that channel together, Killer Cross. There's probably over 70 to 80 videos on it, obviously all completely free. I encourage everyone who's listening to this to take advantage of that. And if you like something, share it because I live through you guys. Whoever you show me to is who's going to see me at this point. Well, I was going to say, Mr. Cross, like it, like with the videos that I've seen, you have inspired me in a way like to o not always say yes, per se, you know, like to, to stand up for yourself and know when it's a right time to say no and, and so on and so forth. So I wanted to ask you, like, did you ever think, because I know you, you train a lot uh, physically, mentally, uh, that you also basically help, uh, like you show, like you were t just saying, you were basically uh, show from the beginning of your career to the end, uh, even motivational speaking. Uh, I know that you like to inspire others now that you were just mentioning that. Uh, ever thought about doing that in the future per se? Is that in anywhere in the future plans for, for Kevin Cross as in saying, hey, one day I'll make a motivational video or maybe uh, I'll create workout videos and so on and so forth? Uh, 100%. That's been on my mind, actually, uh, more than anything, I think, over the last few months. Um, it's going to be right time and right place to start doing those uh, those videos and even doing the public speaking. I've been thinking about getting involved with a lot of the school boards coming and talking to, um, to kids in school and stuff like that or troubled youth and, and things like that. People probably wouldn't, uh, right off the bat, imagine me as they see me 
uh, at the shows to do something like that. But um, I think it's important to try to provide real guidance to people and not shove it down their throat. Just provide them with options, provide them with insight, provide them with philosophy, a way to observe things because now more than ever, there are so many influences in society, whether it's economic, political, social movement agendas, everyone's trying to figure out at a young age who they are. And I don't think that that's really the right way to go about it. I don't think you have to figure out who you are. You just become who you are. And having a, a greater understanding of maybe back to what you said, when to say yes and when to say no and being confident in that, that will help you become the person you want to be. Everyone's always trying to you know, tell youth and even adults who they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. You know, and, and uh, like, unless you're at the end of the road and you're in your 70s and your 80s, you know, like, I, I feel like that's always such a weird thing for people to try to dictate who you're supposed to become. If I was ever going to do motivational speaking, I would definitely approach people from that aspect of it and just try to encourage people to have positive experiences and don't be greedy and don't be in such a rush to try to create yourself. Allow it to happen. Pursue the things that you like to do. Do that strategically, healthy. Learn to provide for yourself and... Don't be part of this whole machine, you know? And that's amazing motivation. For anyone listening, that is true from a real person's point of view. Uh, like, he, like he's mentioned plenty of times in this interview, he's not here to work us. He's here to tell us the absolute truth and how he feels. And that's some great advice coming from Mr. Killer Cross here. Uh, which, by the way, Mr. Cross, uh, I'm going to stop my questions for now because I'm afraid that I'm stealing questions also from my co-host here. So I'm going to pass the mic over for just a second uh, to him, and then I'll take over with a couple last uh, questions, like three or four last questions. Uh, but basically, uh, the law of Ray Raimundo is all yours. And by the way, uh, Mr. Cross, apparently, he's not afraid of you. So Ray is all yours. Okay. Uh, thank you again, Mr. Cross, for being with us. It's an honor to speak with you. And George, thanks. <laughs> okay. Mr. Cross, I always do this as my first question is always to everyone is, what is your reasoning for getting in this business? I was always attracted to a spectacle format. And it took me a long time to come to the conclusion that, uh, you know, prize fighting wasn't exactly my passion. It was, it was this spectacle that surrounded prize fighting. Uh, the very first memory I actually can recall in my entire life was sitting in front of the television watching Open Warrior Pinnacle Coven. So I could tell you that I love pro wrestling and that's why I'm doing it and why I pursued it. But to be honest with you, I was probably uh, programmed at a very young age during the, uh, you know, entertainment uh, American TV revolution of, you know, comic book characters and larger than life people. So that's probably why. Awesome. Awesome. Um, my next question would then have to be, with your time in wrestling and everything, being that you even wrestled for with AAA in Mexico, what has been that one rivalry you've had that stood out? You know, I haven't really had any good rivals, in my opinion. Uh, not the ones that I'd really be looking for. My rivalries don't really last very long because, uh, you know, they don't say I just hit hard. I actually hit harder than life. So people don't usually stand up at the plate for too long. So let's say I'm still waiting for that one really good rival. I will tell you I've had excellent matches with Brian Cage. I've had excellent matches uh, with Phantasma. Had a great match with Dr. Wagner, legend, like Hulk Hogan in Mexico. 
Um, I had a great match with Timothy Thatcher. But if we're talking about somebody who keeps coming back for more, um, that person does not exist at this present time. People get a taste of it and don't want any more, and they stay away. Mm, interesting, interesting. And, yes, for those that aren't know, Dr. Wagner is very big in Mexico. I am a fan of his. I grew up watching Lucha Libre, so I do know. You have had a nice track record over there destroying a lot of those guys over there. I've seen a lot of your work. And I even told George before we started recording is, yeah, his guys are basically dead. His opponents aren't standing after the match. Uh, okay, next question yeah. up is, being you've said you've watched since a young age, who is that one guy outside of Brock Lesnar that you mentioned that you can say you've modeled your style after? My style is uh, still very much evolving. Um I've had some uh, Lucha Libre stuff that no one's even seen yet that I've been waiting for the right time to do um, at my weight and my height. That's going to blow people's minds, but um, there's been a lot of influences. I'd love to just uh, work you and tell you it's one person and give you some political answer and hope that uh, somebody on social media is going to tag him and you know <laughs> do the regular thing that pro wrestlers do. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you honestly, um, Volkan, who most people have never even heard of, has been a major, major inspiration to my style. He wrestled in UWFI, Hybrid Pancrase, Volkan, V-O-L-K, last name Han, H-A-N. Uh, Hashimoto has been a major, major uh, inspiration to me. Um, Kawada, Dr. Death, Gary Albright, Kurt Angle, you know, throw something out there that everybody's going to know. Um, I've had a lot of inspirations, man. I'm constantly watching different footage all the time. I never have ever believed anyone when they said that they have their number one favorite guy. I, I, I don't understand that. I can't relate with it because I'm watching different stuff all the time. So I hope that answers your question. Oh, yeah, Francis. It, does, it shows that it's all about adaptation and just making sure you get a little bit of everything and not just try to be simple and basic. With You have to be able to adapt to a certain situation and just keep learning, which is something respected in this business. I res- truly do respect that. I would say being your style is also that MMA style. You said you've done the prize fighting before and transitioning into wrestling. Would that ever influence you to want to have a match with even Matt Riddle? Sure. That's actually been talked about. A lot of people have brought that up, me and Riddle. I would do it in a heartbeat, no problem. Hmm. Well, I guess Gabe Sapolsky, if you're listening, you've all needs another main event match. <laughs> Gabe Sapolsky knows uh-huh. who I am. There's a there's a there's a reason. There's a reason why I haven't <laughs> been over there. But you'd have to ask him. <laughs> you'd have to ask him. him. Oh, Next meeting, I'm with Evolve. I'll have to do. Great thing of being in New York, you get to see Gabe once in a while. Um, but also, <clears throat> with all the style and everything that you've done, is Japan ever the goal for you? One hundred percent. Seven months into my training, I. Uh, I was uh, contacted by uh, Antonio Inoki, uh, the Inoki, I should say. I went over and I did um, an anniversary show for Inoki Genome Federation. I had no idea about the politics over there. Like, if you work for one company, you can't work for the other. I don't pay attention to any of it, man. I'm a simple guy. I come to work, I get the job done, and I go home. I'm coming there to see the fans. You know, I'm not trying to sound cliche. Like, I'm really serious. I, I absolutely do not engage in this business to look for friends. If you wind up becoming friends with someone, that's great. That's outstanding. But uh, I'm coming there to see the fans. 
So when I went to Anoki Genome Federation, I didn't know the politics between them, NOAA, and New Japan. I wanted to have a long-term career in Japan. I've always wanted that. I actually wanted that worse than having a long-term career in the United States, which a lot of people will say in my business is really stupid because there's more money to be made and more notoriety and whatever in the United States. That's fine. I do plan to do that. But if we're talking fulfillment and life goals, I want to have a strong run in Japan. And to be entirely honest with you, I don't care what company it is. I want to get in front of those people, and I want to show them the alternative. I want to show them that I can work their style. I can work an American style. I can work a hybrid style that no one else on this planet can do except for me as well as I can do it. And that's a shoot. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that is a question because I know for a lot of the guys, it's usually it's either the WWE, TNA, or Global Force now. It's always those companies here in the States. But you know, Japan is a goal for a lot of people. Japan is that style. It depends how your your style is and all that. So it is hard hitting over there. And I know your style is definitely something they would need over there. Uh, one of my last questions would have to be: being with everything you've done, and what is what is the thing that you want to leave to the fans? Something you want them to know: this is what Killer Cross was. I want fans to know that. Like a lot of people, um, you know, I, I don't forget where I came from. I don't forget that I was someone who was in the audience watching wrestling growing up from an early age. Here's something I don't ever like to say, but I'm going to say it because it's the truth. I stopped watching current wrestling for probably three and a half years before I got into wrestling. I was watching all my wrestling on YouTube. I wasn't even watching wrestling on television because it didn't reflect what I enjoyed growing up from pro wrestling. And I don't forget that. That's something that I carry with me every single day. And I remember as a fan, what I hated about pro wrestling, what I couldn't stand sitting around watching with my friends for 20 minutes, a program that was two hours that we couldn't get through. I'm never going to be that guy. I never want to be that guy in the television that people are watching and going, Oh my God. And they flip the channel. I know exactly what people don't want to see in pro wrestling. And you know something? You can't make everybody happy. And there, I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But I know my generation. I know the generation coming up. And I know the generation that was ahead of me that was watching pro wrestling. And the feedback that I get is exactly the feedback that I want to hear. And the criticisms that I get are the criticisms I exactly need. I take all of it in, and I don't fave anybody. So... I want everyone to know that I appreciate their time and I appreciate um, their presence and watching pro wrestling. Awesome, awesome. My last question is going to be one more matchup which, that you would want, being he has gone to Mexico, he's gone to Japan. Would you want to face Bobby Lashley? 100%. Hmm. <clears throat> Book it. King Kong versus Godzilla <laughs> is what I would say. Uh, that that's that'll be the nickname for that match, in my opinion. King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, uh, which kaiju would you want to be there, uh, Mr. Cross? Uh, King Kong or Godzilla? <laughs> uh, whoever won that fight, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> whoever won, make me that guy. <laughs> I, I don't think there was ever a winner in that old movie. I know they're making a new one, but uh, I, I don't think there was ever a winner. Even, no, wait, I, I take it back. Uh, 
King Kong was the last guy to exit the water, I think. So I, I, I want to say Kong. <laughs> well, yeah, but, make me that guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Ray, are, are, are you done, by the way? Or, I, I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh, uh, yeah. No problem, no problem. Thank you again, Mr. Cross. George, he's all yours. All right. So basically he took all my questions, uh, Mr. Cross. So I'm just going to hit you up with one more. Uh, basically, you were talking about generations. And I'm glad that you brought that up, you know, in pro wrestling, generations, revolutions, uh, you know, changes in pro wrestling. And one thing right now that's the talk of the main world, uh, of course, not to take any, like, spotlight away from the men and, and what you do. But, of course, one of the major things being talked about in pro wrestling today is the women's revolution. How women are now standing in and being considered equal to the men, like even stepping in the ring with men themselves. The reason I'm bringing this up is because at one time, I believe your, your wife was even training to become a pro wrestler uh, uh, before you, I believe it was, if I'm correct, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So basically, you know, at one, like I said, your wife was at one time training to be a professional wrestler. Uh, so let me ask you something on this. Like, how should these women, being that, that it's, they're kind of now given the spotlight, the equal spotlight, as you meant. How should they take uh, wrestling now? Should they should they also have the same mentality as the know when to say no and things of that nature? Yeah, as a as a general rule, life in general, you should always know when to say no. Uh, figure out when to say yes. As far as the women's revolution, you know that's a that's a a term and like a, a phrase coined to push a certain commercial agenda and it annoys me very much. There's, there's one person in my opinion, well, not one person, but what, let me say this one person comes to mind. That's really driving the women's revolution. That's uh, that's Taya. And uh, that's not a bias shout out. There are things that Taya can do in the ring that a lot of the other, you know, professional wrestlers that are women can't do. She can go with just about anybody, uh, any size, any person, any gender, in my opinion, she's the one who's been driving the women's revolution because she doesn't need anyone to carry her in the ring either. And that's uh, that's not a shot at anyone. I'm just calling it like it is. It's the truth. And anyone knows who knows her and is familiar with her work, if they're being honest with you, they will tell you the exact same thing. She's bilingual. She can work in any sort of uh, pro wrestling culture on the planet and be able to get over and give people a good show whether she speaks the language or knows the culture or not. The women's revolution is being led by her, and I'm not really sure why enough people aren't saying that. But uh, in terms of women in pro wrestling having equal opportunities and, and getting in the, in the ring with guys, I think it's outstanding. And it actually uh, opens doors for new psychology to be used, to tell new stories for you guys, the fans. Um, there's ways to do those matches, you know. That, that old way of thinking that the women wrestle the women and the guys wrestle the guys, it, it, it's, it's 2017. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's live in the year we're living in, you know? We don't, we don't, have, to, we don't have to pretend this is Mid-South. Um, they, they belong there. They deserve to be there. And um, it's a really cool time to be a part of pro wrestling with all this going on. Well, mind you, uh, you know, have – Random question, but have have you ever thought about maybe one day stepping in the ring with a woman per se? Or like, uh, I'm assuming you would love to step in the ring with Taya. I'm assuming, but uh, because Taya, again, she, I, I have to go with you and and agree with you 
Daya is one of the hardest women, hardest working women in this business by far. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I like uh, I was with her as a matter of fact in a show in New York, and I have to say that that girl is like I, I want to call her Iron Woman because yeah. she had a match with cheerleader Melissa. She comes to the back with a scare on her shoulder. A couple minutes later, her shoulder's fine. And then we're sharing a ride. We get in a I, I don't want to publicize this, but because you're a friend of hers, uh, you know, we got in an accident. She steps out of yeah. the car, not, not a scratch on her. She's shaken up, but she doesn't have a scratch on her. And she still gets to smile the next day. That woman is an iron woman, and you cannot find that that passion anywhere. It, it's phenomenal. No, you, Not, you can't teach that. That's she's legitimately a hardened, tough human being. Period. You know what I mean? Like yeah. God is the same way, like that. You know, despite who he, you know, plays, let's say, on television, the both of them are animals, and that doesn't even shock me at all to hear that. Yeah, no, and mind you, I was there in front of it all, so I was like, holy cow, this, this is amazing. Uh, she's amazing. She's Iron Woman. I, I, if I ever see her again, I'm going to tell her in her face, hey, you're Iron Woman. I didn't tell you that in New York because you were shaken up, but I'm telling you now because you're feeling better. So uh, I hope yeah. he's hearing that right now, as a matter of fact. But, um, yeah. but another – I've actually, I've actually been in the ring. I've actually been in the ring with quite a few of the, uh, of the women in AAA. <laughs> So, uh, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been interesting. I won't get into it on, uh, I won't get into it on, on the radio show. Um, it was, uh, it, it was definitely worthy of, uh, of your attention. That episode, an episode, it should be up in about three to four weeks on their YouTube channel. So if you want to see how that went, you'll, you'll get a chance to see it. I would definitely compete against Taya. But I would I would compete against her in a in a professional wrestling match, not the way I was competing against um, the other ladies in AAA, which they had something bad coming. So, well, mind you, I, I just can't imagine something like if you got in the ring with a woman here in the United States, per se, hypothetically. I could only imagine uh, you uh, doing something like what Chris Dickinson did with Kimberly, and which had a which had a lot of people talking in a negative way. I'm talking about fans, mind you, saying that Chris Dickinson went too far, but it's Little did these fans know that Kimberly was fine after the match. Yeah, you know, like uh, like I said, you're not always going to be everybody's cup of tea. Um, he knew exactly what he was trying to elicit out of people when he did that. So some people can say, you know, he's a complete piece of rubbish. Or some people can say, hey, he's a genius. He knew exactly how people were going to react to that, though, to Kimberly. And, you know, it is what it is. Uh, a lot of the old timers will say that never should have happened. And then a lot of the old timers will say that there's a tasteful way to do it too. And then a lot of the old timers will say, that's great heat. You know, a lot of people will say, that's great. We used to do stuff like that all the time in this place or that place. There's always yeah. going to be people with objections. Um, I'll tell you, uh, yeah, when you, when, when you see this episode of AAA, you'll, you'll be pretty, <laughs> I don't know. If you're not mortified, if you're not mortified, then you're, you're a really sick guy. <laughs> you'll see what's coming up very soon <laughs> well thanks for the warning on that one I appreciate it uh, at least now I have yeah. my barf bag ready but, uh, yeah. but Mr. Mr. Cross again I thank you so very much for your time uh, our time is running here short but I, I know we didn't even scratch the surface on some of the stories that you could have shared with us I would love to have you back in the future 
but of course, uh, first and foremost, and most importantly, thank you so very much for this time. Hey, it's my pleasure, man. Thank you for reaching out. And we'll do it again soon. Once I uh, kick up some dust and I've got some uh, new things going on worthy of uh, news-wise, we'll tie in some good stories and we'll tie in some uh, some of the uh, recent stuff that I'll be doing in the immediate future. I look forward to the next time. Awesome. Well, before you go, Mr. Cross, let's do some plugs. How can people contact you for any kind of booking inquiries? How can they follow you for any of your upcoming appearances? Uh, if you have a merchandise store, uh, go ahead and plug that, your YouTube, again, for any late listeners. And, of course, where can they catch you next live? YouTube, Killer Cross Channel. All of my content is on it, down from training to promos, commercials, a couple matches here and there, highlights. ProWrestlingTees.com. Kevin Cross slash Killer Cross. The T-shirts are up. There's new ones coming up all the time. Definitely check it out. Instagram. Cross is going to kill you because I may actually will. And uh, I have uh, Facebook accounts open as well. Killer Cross and Kevin Cross. Fan pages and contacts. Twitter handle is across the world. A-K-R-O-S-S the world. And if you want to call bookings and business inquiries, it's across the world. A-K-R-O-S-S the world at Yahoo.com. Just don't give that to the police. Much appreciated. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much, Mr. Cross. I appreciate everything that you did. Thank you very much for having me, man. My pleasure, sir. Have a great one, all right? You too. All right, guys. That was, of course, Mr. Kevin Cross. Uh, the tool man is what they call him. Uh, but what a fantastic interview that was. Uh, Ray, uh, what happened? You were shaking in your shoes there, man. Oh, you threw me under the bus. George, George, George. See, I know already you were shaking. Even before we started, you're saying, oh, God, how are we going to handle a killer? How are we going to handle a killer? Me? I'm fine. I'm drinking my nice cup of wine here, enjoying life. Got to answer, ask my questions, got everything done. And you tell him I'm not scared of him. He should know. I'm the Law Ray Ramundo, damn it. Well, from what I see here, you were shaking in your in your shoes, actually, uh, Mr. Ramundo. So I don't know about you drinking wine. I see you here uh, almost taking a pool of piss over there, and, and now I have to have a standard and clean it. But anyhow, uh, talking about fear, talking about people who should be afraid, and again, thank you very much to Killer Kevin Cross for coming on the show. He mentioned a lot of good points on the show, when to say yes, when to say no, his time in mixed martial arts. Would he ever like to step in the octagon with Brock Lesnar, or would he ever like to step in the ring with a person like Bobby Lashley? Would he ever be back at the GFW? These were all topics that we spoke about. If you're just tuning in now, make sure to listen to this episode again in, of course, our archive when it comes up, because this is an interview you definitely don't want to miss. This was a fantastic interview but uh but going on with what we were saying here uh ray one person that we were should be afraid of or one person or not we but one person that everyone should fear right now and one person that everyone is pretty much mad at is bad luck fail from new japan pro wrestling and you might be asking if you're not a new japan pro wrestling fan you might be asking why should we be mad at him Daryl Tanahashi, that's why. <laughs> well, you guys- I'm, I feel sad because the cat died. 
But remember, George, just like I mentioned a few weeks ago with the Arrow Club, I'm a Bullet Club, Mark, so I can't be mad at Bad Luck Fala. <laughs> he did what we well, needed. Well, basically, it was something that a lot of people were very, very upset about. People are affected by it all the way here in the United States, and this is something that happened in Japan, for Christ's sake. So it, it's something that's being felt all over the world. Who would have ever thought that a stuffed animal would basically be getting this much notice? Hey, gimmicks get over. Remember, Kenny Omega faced a blow-up doll once. That blow-up oh. doll faced Kota Ibushi. Gimmicks oh. get over in Japan. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you, you, blew, you brought up the blow-up doll. for that. You should have just brought up the nine-year-old. <laughs> no. I don't want to. I don't want to be going that route. I'll say the blow up dogs. I don't think we want to offend children on this show. <laughs> well, I'm just saying because it, that it, it was a great match, by the way, Omega and that nine year old. It, it was a good match. I don't know why you you're trying to, but anywho, uh, guys, also make sure to go to the Coral Springs High School here in Coral Springs, Florida. At 7201 West Sample Road. It's going to be on August the 12th, Saturday, some from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Is FEW presents Autumn Brawl 2 with the main event being Sweet Johnny Velvet versus the former one half of the Rockers, Marty Janetti. Also, the Pope, Angelo De Niro, will be here, and also the Headbangers and Leah Knox. Uh, all will be there, and of Ooh. course, Red Velvet will also be there uh, at Autumn Brawl 2 at Coral Springs High School. Bell time being 7 p.m. Make sure you purchase your tickets in advance by just going, searching FEW Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, so, guys, that wow. was my plug. Yep, that was my plug. Then I do a good job. <laughs> I was so perfect, but George, I'm going to just be a little bit better because. I'm in New York, so for the New York fans, because, you know, they come to listen to me, I'll do a cheap plug, cause, just because I have to. Folks, for the New York, for the tri-state area, this Saturday, it will be Capital Wrestling Presents, hashtag next stop Hoboken, with a lineup that's going to be just too sweet, having the great Anthony Gangone, the man that feels he is a wrestling god, taking on a man that thinks he's better than you, MJF, Maxwell, Jacob, Reedman. Also, a tag team gauntlet to determine the number one contenders for the Capital Wrestling Tag Team Championships that will be taking place that night. All that and so much more this Saturday night in Hoboken, New Jersey, Capital Wrestling presents Hashtag next stop Hoboken. See, George, that's how you do a plug. It's yeah. a lot of get paid to do this. <laughs> Tell you what. Tell you. You fool. Anyway, guys, uh, we're just about done here on this episode of Wrestle City Radio. Make sure you tune in next week when we have the natural Chase Stevens on the show uh, as he'll be here talking about his time in Impact Wrestling. Uh, and also what is Ooh. in store, you know, for Chase his future. Stevens. Yep. The natural Ooh. state, Chase Stevens. Uh, basically, oh, I'll be talking about Shane Douglas next week. 
Oh, yeah. He, he'll be talking so much stuff about, if you want to say, Douglas, about his time in Impact Wrestling. Does he ever see himself coming into the GFW now that Impact has been taken over by Jeff Jarrett? And Chase is no stranger to Jeff. He's worked with him before. So we'll see what Chase Stevens has in store for us next week. But, uh, Ray, you have any last words before we go? Well, as always, I'm the Law Ray Ramundo, reminding you all to follow the law. <laughs> really? You got to steal from freaking Bray Wyatt? You got to uh, follow the law? Really? Hey, we're out of here. Good night, folks. That's my Well done, welcome to the city. You become number one with the witty tongue. We break the Ray, so you were scared of him, huh? Oh God, I was I was just weird. He, his were... opponent died. <laughs> I wonder were... what he did to those women. God damn! Yeah, but, I well, that's a YouTube for... video. Uh, uh, I... Wait, wait, why does that say we're still a lot? God damn it, George! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs>